1: Hello, you heroes, hawks, heralds, crows, pirates, and wardens. Welcome to the Dragon Age Lorecast, where we unpack, discuss, and galaxy brain about all the lore behind the Dragon Age series.
2: We are so excited to bring you this podcast. Every episode, we'll be talking about a different topic in the Dragon Age universe. From character deep dives to exalted marches and elven gods, we will cover it all.
1: There will be spoilers. And always remember, swooping is bad.
2: Hello and welcome to the Dragon Age Lorecast, where we talk about Dragon Age and its lore. I am one of your hosts, Austin, also known as Teacup, and I'm here back after a long time with my co-host, I'm let her introduce herself.
1: That's me, I'm Shelby, or Shecup. I'm also super excited to be back. I know it's been a hot minute. We did move. Um, We're mostly unpacked now. Not 100%, but we're like mostly there. So we're getting back into the swing of podcasting and all that that entails. And so we're here today with September's patron chat.
2: Yeah, we are here with September's patron chat with our lovely. We have some lovely patrons here. And so I'm going to let them introduce themselves and i'm just gonna let them go in the order that's on my screen so first we have capricorn tower
3: so this is capricorn tower
2: also known as nick and then we have lvcc 13
4: hello everyone i am lvcc 13 or lizzie
2: and then we have andy
0: hi i'm andy no second name for me just andy and then the friends tonight
2: hello also known as steven and then Ambrosia, Ambrosian. So I don't know why I just that Greek mythology on the brain. <laughs> All right. Well, Shelby, we, what are we talking about today?
1: Yeah. So we have a interesting topic today. We've done one similar to this with TV shows before. Um, and so today we're talking about writing your own book that's set in Thetis. Now we're going to suspend disbelief for the next 45 minutes to an hour. Um, because I know not all of us may be writers. That's okay. Pretend you're the best writer in the world. Um, for the, the sakes of this patron chat, you are an amazing writer and you have the capability and the permission. To write a book in the Dragon Age universe. So I guess technically, if you want to take it this far, um, it doesn't necessarily have to be set in Thetis. If you have ideas for the continents elsewhere in the world of Dragon Age, that's fine. Um, I just said Thetis because that's, that's what we all know. So with all that being said, um, we are writing our own books. Give us the story. Any kind of plot points you have, feel free to be as specific as possible. That is phenomenal. Um, and if you if you just have a general idea, that's okay too. Try to keep it fairly safe for work, since that's being asked in the chat currently. Um, it can be a little spicy, but nothing nothing explicit. So, who would like to go first?
3: I'm willing to go first.
1: Yeah, go ahead.
3: So, my idea was to explore the Felicissima Armada, because we don't get very much of them in the games. We just have Isabella, um, which it would be great to see her again. I'm sure she would show up in the book at some point. But I kind of want to, like, explore the... The politics of the raiders, like why are how are they still united? How are they dealing with the uh, Dragon Age Kunari invasion? Since they were originally formed to repel the Kunari back in the Storm Age or Steel Age or whatever, and so now that the Kunari are invading Northern Thetis again, what are they doing about it? What is their what is their vibe right now? Um, it would let us go to new places like Lomarin and estwatch and maybe antiba which we've all wanted to see give it to us dragon age um but yeah i i'm very interested and i'm as far as i know uh there's also been like mage captains of the armada uh so that would be interesting. I mean, obviously, in a post-Inquisition world, there are no such thing as apostates, technically. So that could be a thing anyways, but I'm pretty sure they predate the fall of the Circles. Um, so that would be interesting to explore. Um, there is sort of like the big like, thing hanging over the Armada is the way that they participate in the slave trade. Um so that would definitely have to be addressed. And hopefully the story would, if I was writing it, would address sort of probably involving Isabella coming back and being like, we're not, we're not doing this anymore. I'm going to be in charge of this entire armada and we're not doing that anymore. It was bad. Uh, let's move on. Um, so yeah, I mostly just have vibes. I don't have a specific plot in mind. Uh she does have a big hat, so she must be in charge. That's true. Um and so yeah, I think it would mostly deal with the role that the Raiders play in Thetis and their response to the Canari and that. But I think it could also be interesting to focus maybe on like one specific like ship that goes across the Amaranthine ocean and it sees what's beyond the boundaries of Thetis, that would be an interesting way to approach it as well.
1: And I also think it would be really interesting just to like see if there are any differences like among the different captains and the different ships. Like maybe it's just one rogue ship, perhaps, that deals in the slave trade. Like we don't really We don't really know enough details about them to even to even make a statement either way, in my opinion, at least.
3: Yeah, it's definitely I'm looking at the uh, fan wiki right now and they're saying it's a loose confederation of ships and Mm -hmm. raiders. So there's no real central governing body. So it's hard to say. I imagine each ship has its own way of dealing with everything. So I think that could introduce a lot of conflict into the plot and a lot of drama and it would be. I think it'd be really interesting. Plus, pirates are just cool.
1: Yeah, everybody and loves a good pirate story.
3: And they're very gay, so that's also a thing.
1: Ten. Correct out of 10. me
4: if I'm wrong, but isn't the Kuzland origins mother? Wasn't she like from a family of the Raiders or something like that, or related to them in some way? I could be totally wrong. It could be something someone made up for a fan fiction. I don't remember if it's a real thing or if it's a fake thing. <laughs>
1: I wanna say that might be something you remember from fan fiction. I know that she is a warrior for sure. Like she is trained as a warrior, but I'm not sure if um I'm looking at the fan wiki right now, but I Okay. I don't So no, this is vaguely correct. It says that on her page, Eleanor Kuzland, um, her maiden name is Mac Enraig. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but it says that she was the daughter of ba- of a band who they lived off of the storm coast, and that her father was a famous raider who is known as the Storm Giant. From birth, her and her three siblings were raised on the deck of a warship. Although all four of the siblings were skilled raiders, Eleanor was by far the most skilled. And at the age of fifteen, she took down her first Orlesian warship. But it does not explicitly confirm or deny that they were a part of that specific faction or not. So, yes and no, I think is the answer to that.
2: This is unrelated, but that's a fun game now: canon or fanfic.
1: Maybe uh, that's what we can do for Next our. De- no, I was going to say maybe that's what we can do for our December. Um, all patron patron chat.
3: That definitely uh, makes the Kuzlin origin more interesting to me now. I did not know that at all. And now the rogue Kuzlin that I played makes even more sense because he could have learned it all from his mom.
1: Yeah, I love that. I really love that. And there's, like, surprisingly a lot of information about her um, on the wiki. So I'm, I'm also writing down Potential side character so who um who would like to go next
2: so mine is that if you have listened to any of the other podcasting you know that my favorite book series is Aragon and so I would write a similar kind of story but instead of like you know this young kid finding a dragon and becoming a writer, we talk about it the first gray warden that founded Griffin, and kind of like how, and then how, you know, maybe the gray wardens were like, no, you can't do this. This is stupid. And then they ended up working out. And it would also p- might play a little bit like how to train your dragon as well.
1: That's fun. I enjoy that a lot. So, who's going to okay. play, who's going to be your Brom character, Austin? I'm um, grumpy, Grey Warden. Okay. <laughs> I mean, they're all kind of grumpy. I think I would be too if I was a Grey Warden.
3: I don't remember if the first blight is where they show up with the griffins or if it was one of the subsequent flights. But if it is the first flight, that'd be cool. Anyways, because we don't know anything about the first blight. We don't even know how they defeated Dumas or how they created Grey Wardens because... Technically, they're supposed to include blood of the archdemon to do the joining. So, where was, where, how, how, how Bioware? Tell me.
1: I um. think that there is a codex entry or something that confirms that they killed the archdemon once and then it came back and they had to kill it again. And I want to say by that point in time, they had figured out like, whatever it is, the mumbo jumbo magics. I think that maybe by the, the second killing, they had figured it out. But I don't, I don't remember. I'm a little rusty on my lore, clearly. But um I also Googled if we know anything about the first Grey Warden who found a griffin, anything like that. And literally every single search is like, what happened to the Griffins? Can the Griffins come back? And I'm like, okay, this is the opposite of what I want, but good try, Google. Um uh,
2: I know it might be the first blight, because really the only like story we get of Griffins and Grey Wardens is the fourth blight when they're ending. So at least the same. I mean, maybe the first, but I think at least by the time the second blight rolls around. Probably.
1: Anyway, so, Austin, did you have anything else you wanted to add about yours? No. All right. Well, who wants to go next? Lizzie. Okay, go ahead.
4: I kind of had two ideas. One just now because I was eating. Um, A Thedosian cookbook would be fun. That would be fun to write. Like, a food blog, but in a cookbook form. Like, I went to XYZ places and learned how to make XYZ things. The ham tastes of despair. (laughs) Would be fun. But also, I think what would be really, really fun to write would be a biography about Varric and all the lies he's ever told. (laughs) Separating fact from fiction. (laughs) And, of course, there would be a whole chapter just of an interview with Varric being like, okay... Was this a lie or was this the lie? Or are they both lies?
1: (laughs) I love that idea. Um, There is a really fun fan fiction I read one time, and it's basically just like Varric is, um, I don't know if you... Uh, I can't remember the name of it, but there's like a serial newspaper kind of thing like Dear Prudence um, that exists in Theta. The Randy Dowager, that's the name of it. Anyway, so the fan fiction was like they had Varick as the writer of that. And so people would write into him and he would give them advice. And it was absolutely hysterical um unfortunately i lost it though and so i have no idea the writer or the name of it or anything like that so if anyone knows what i'm talking about who's listening please give me the details because i'd never finished reading it anyway
4: there was another also- one like that that was like varick is the equivalent of um oh what's the writer's name from bridgerton what is what are the papers from Bridgerton? What is it called? Lady like it. is that right? Yes, Lady Whistledown. He's basically Lady Whistledown of
1: Thadis. It was so funny. Um, that's super funny. I also there is a cookbook that's coming out later this year. Um, I put the link in the chat. It it um is funny to me. This is a little bit sassy. I don't know. Um, they announced it like last year, I think, and the cover looked absolutely atrocious. Like every single recipe looked disgusting. They've since updated it and it looks a lot better now. So there's that. (laughs) I think it comes out in October. It has over 60 recipes. So I love that idea. Um, Well, do we want to do one more and then we can go to our mid-break? Who wants to go next?
5: I was going to say, mine is a fan fiction. It was a friend that requested it. Um, they sent me a prompt, which, in my opinion, the prompt was diabolical, and said, make this work. Um, <laughs> which, it does, of course, follow along the actual storyline of events from the first to the third game, but also explores a lot of stuff that the games haven't, because you can only put so much into a game, into a show, into the books. So it explores... Some of the regions that we haven't actually explored in the games or in the books yet um, explores a lot of cultural things, which uh, part of the reason the friend asked was they figured, oh, having an indigenous person make up and add aspects to Dalish culture would be really see how that plays out. Um, So it sort of expands on what we know expands on how magic is used, which I know in games you can only do so much in terms of magics and and mechanics and whatnot. Um, But kind of explores how magic can be combined, how it can be used in ways we haven't seen in games. Like, in the first game, in Origins, I know that you can use um, it's like a rock armor spell essentially to boost your um, defense. Well, this mage can fight uh can fight in close quarters which means instead of using that to boost her defense she'll harden her hand and sock you with it if you get close enough which to me I love the idea of a mage throwing hands because having them just kind of sidelined in the back and then being helpless if actual fighters with swords and other things get close enough it's like what if that mage went oh you know what psych I multiclass I can do this because if you see this in other games. Like you see this in D and D where you can multi-class and the idea of a mage who kind of doubles as sort of a roguish character who is able to combine spells and use them in ways that we don't see in the games would be interesting while also exploring other aspects of the, of Thetis as a whole, which we haven't seen. Um, Obviously, there's romance. This friend is a bleeding heart. They listen to the podcast, so they're going to hear this. Um, They wanted a forbidden romance, so the mage is someone who is very proficient in blood magic. And is also very loud in terms of, when asked, will not teach it to people, because essentially says... You can only go so far until you need more, and then you need more, and then you need more. So this is a mage who can use it, but also is an advocate for explaining how dangerous it can be. Um, So we thought that would be sort of interesting. This has been in the works for over a year because it's very complicated to try and make it make sense. But just the idea of exploring things that we haven't in game and in books was just a really fun idea to us. Um, The character herself comes from south of the Kokari Wilds. Um, So that was something that we thought was really fun, was to have an elf who essentially says, I'm just an elf. The elf does not consider herself to be Dalish because their clan split off a long time ago. That was another thing we thought would be interesting uh, with the whole um, fall of Arlathan or Arlathan however you pronounce it, I pronounce it different ways. Um, We kind of thought, what if elves and different elven clans and groups had already split off before the fall? And what if some of these groups kind of retained a lot of older cultural norms and bits of the old language, and then the fall happens, and these guys are essentially unaffected because they're so remote and so isolated from everyone else? And then the blight happens and it's a hot mess. Um, but sort of just exploring things that haven't already been explored while trying to keep it in canon and trying to keep it as not lore breaky as possible, even though Bioware breaks their own lore all the time. Um, we just thought that would be something that would be really fun to see and try and make happen
1: that all sounds amazing i know i think lizzie said in chat that she wanted to to read this fan fiction and i completely agree so if you ever finish it and want to post it you should definitely post it in the discord yeah it
5: will not i mean it will not be safe for work i I will that's fine there will be (laughs) the (laughs) the romance is an existing character um We figured it would be incredibly ironic to try and build a relationship with this character. But the whole joke will be they meet before the events of the first game and then, of course, reunite during Inquisition. Um,
1: So, Do you perhaps want to give us a hint as to who this character may (laughs) be?
5: Well, I will say the main character that we've created is an elven blood mage, and the character that they would fall in love with is not a mage and has bad experience with mages, which is what made this so hard to make happen. Okay, very we fun. We made it work, but it was tough at first.
1: Awesome. That sounds amazing. Um, Well... Let's go to the midbreak, and then we'll come back and do everybody else.
5: What makes your Ram so special? Well, he's always brought the family
3: luck, and his advice helped us make our fortune. Your Ram offered advice. How do you get your hair to do that, Dorian? With magic. With proper hygiene and grooming. Maybe all three of you should get acquainted. Kirkwall's not brown enough for me. But hey, no Darkspawn.
4: Bereldon wasn't that brown. The dirt and mac gave it character.
2: Well, welcome to the middle of the show where we talk about all things with podcasts that don't have to do with the lore of Dragon Age. Oh, uh, yeah, it's yeah. here where we thank our patrons, uh, like all of you here. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you for everything that you do and come in on the show. Uh, also, special thank you to our first patrons, Lisa M and Genesis. Special thank you to our Nug King, Lewis H. And a welcome to Andy, who is one of our newest patrons coming up here. Thank you for your support. Glad to announce you on the podcast. We have not had an episode since you've joined, so here is your shout-out and thank you. And then, if you would like to join the Patreon, you can do so at going to patreon.com slash lorecast or finding the link in the episode description. You can sign up there. If you want to come on these chats, you need to sign up at the First Enchanter tier. Other than that, if you want to help us out, you can leave us reviews or uh, comments and ratings on Spotify. If you leave us five stars and some words, we will read them out on a future episode of the show. Last but not least, come join the Discord. You can hang out with us there and talk about all kinds of stuff. Share pictures of your pets. See our dog Snips. Talk about Dragon Age. Talk about the- Talk a lot about Baldur's Gate 3 and our other games chat. Um, just a lot about that. Occasionally, Starfield comes in there. So if you want to talk about Starfield, you can do that. You can check out our other show, the Assassin's Creed Lorecast, or or my other show, the Holocaust Histories podcast. Other than that, come join the Discord and have a great time. And, Shelby, do we have a review to read?
1: We do, but we can just read it, read them next week, because right. we've got some catching up to do.
2: Okay. Other than that, thank you all. And that's all we got for the middle of the show.
5: All right, well, let's get back into it. Have a care where your eyes linger, Alistair. Yes, well, don't worry. It's not what you think. I see. I was looking at your nose.
3: And what is it about my nose that captivates you so?
5: I was just thinking that it looks exactly like your mother's.
4: I hate you so much,
6: I was one of the crows you hired to kill the Grey Wardens. I thought you looked familiar. Well, I just wanted to report that I failed my mission, Logan. You don't say. I'm terribly broken up over it.
2: Hmm.
5: Well, thank you kindly for informing me.
3: You
1: fear barbarians will swoop down upon you.
3: Yes, swooping is
1: Yeah, Stephen, I'll turn it over to you to go before me. All right.
6: Um, So the idea for the book I had was um, uh, basically the fall of Elvenon. Like, we don't have a whole lot about that part in time since it's so far back. But, um, like, just... Um, exploring the relationship between Finn and Mythal, um, like the death of Mythal, and when Finn um, locks up the, um, other Evanuris. I'm sure we'll get some more of that in Dreadwolf, but I think it would be interesting to go into a lot more detail in an actual book.
1: Yeah, and you, I mean, you can be so much more detailed in a book. So I think that that would be a really good, like, setting to do that in. So, yeah.
3: It would also be interesting to explore the perspective of someone that isn't an Evonurist within that setting. Like, what are they, what is their vibe? What are, I can't imagine many people were happy with the way things were. So Mm -hmm. I think that would be interesting.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I wrote down two answers. One of my this one was one of my answers, but um I think it would be really interesting if it was like also kind of a Game of Thrones style between like Taventer taking over so you can get perspectives from like Taventer leaders and people in Elvenon, Arlathon, so you have kind of this like back and forth of the perspectives. That would be cool.
4: It would be cool to hear more about the Forgotten Ones, too, since we don't really know anything about them.
1: Who are they? I forgot. Boo! Everyone, boo this man. Cool. Well, my other answer that I had is about Andraste, and of course, I had to bring a um, codex entry. (laughs) Surprise, surprise. So, this codex entry is from Inquisition. It's called The Children of Andraste. It's very fascinating codex. So, um, it's technically from a letter from Sister Galena, um, written in 912 Dragon. So, a little bit earlier in the Dragon Age, but it, it basically is about Andraste's bloodline. And so, I just want to read a little bit of it because. It's just interesting. So it says, We all know that Andraste and the betrayer raised five children. The eldest three were sons, Isarath, Evryon, and Verold. It goes on and says that none of these three sons, however, were born of Andraste. They were born of the betrayer's concubine, Gilevon. People choose to overlook the fact that Andraste came from the Alamari tribesmen and that they were barbarians, not the Fereldans. They were savage warriors who took concubines. um, And because Andraste was thought to be too weak to bear children, the betrayer took a concubine. However, later in life, Andraste proved all predictions wrong and had two daughters by the betrayer. Ibris and Vivial. They were kept out of the public eye and not permitted to marry, though they both had consorts. Ibris had one child, a woman who supposedly perished on a voyage to Dinarum. The youngest daughter, Vivial was more controversial, a strong headed woman who defied her family by falling in love with a mage, of Taventer named Regulon. So I think that that is very fascinating because Andraste's bloodline, we basically have no idea what happened to it because her two children, her two biological children, I should say, are women. And so their stories, you know, they married into men's families. And so the the genealogy basically lost track of them, so to speak. And so I think it would be interesting that, um, we have some kind of story following this time. And before I move on to how I would set up the book, the codex at the very end says, um, If Andraste's true bloodline exists, it lies solely in the descendants of Vivial. This is the interesting part. And the suspicion of my order is that it produces only daughters. So, seeing as how the Chantry thinks Andraste's bloodline has produced only daughters... And how the one daughter who had a child married a mage, I think it would be really interesting to follow like a female mage who discovers or whatever that her bloodline comes through Andraste, like in the present day, and then have at least one, maybe two um, stories in the past following other descendants of the bloodline, maybe even Vivial herself, and then somewhere kind of in between the two. So we can get glimpses of what happens to Andraste's bloodline, what all of these women are doing in these, you know, years since Andraste lived, all of that. I'm very interested to know what has happened. So that's my idea. Also, I don't know if Dorian will be related to Andraste, but I'm not going to rule it out entirely. That would be interesting for sure. Mother Giselle might have a heart attack, but yeah. Like his ego would
4: need to be any
1: bigger, but it would be hilarious. Would he even care? (laughs) Who knows?
4: I think he would only care in that it would give him something to give all of his friends in Southern Dana's crap about. Especially Cassandra, because you know she'd be flipping shit.
1: (laughs) Yes, for sure. Uh,
3: I hadn't heard, so I knew about the sort of sons and daughters thing with Andraste. I hadn't heard the name of Mafferath's concubine before, but now looking at it, Gilivon sounds very elven to me. So I'm curious if Mafferath's sons could be half-elf shrug
1: (laughs) definitely a possibility um one that that I uh would not hate
2: you're telling me that a Ferelden or future Ferelden what would be future Ferelden's leader is obsessed with an elven concubine and produces half-elf children
4: no that doesn't sound familiar (laughs) at all
1: (laughs) true well, Andy, I know you cut out on us a few minutes ago, so I will turn it over to you to share your answer.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Can you hear me? I think my internet connection is really struggling today. No, you sound great. Um I'm sorry I, I missed a big chunk of the other answers. The ones I did here were amazingly creative. And I was, I was actually taking notes because there's so many wonderful ideas. My, I think my interpretation of this question um, was a little literal because I am actually working on a fanfic right now. Um, it's very, maybe this is very basic girl. Maybe I shouldn't say it's basic girl because then everybody's going to get mad at me. But it's, it's a soulless manse, of course, <clears throat> a soul of Ellen classic I'm like 40 pages into it right now um (laughs) so I wanted to delve into some of the the parts of the soul relationship we don't see in the video game um because things seem to escalate pretty quickly when as you're as you're playing um excuse me as you're playing Inquisition um so I wanted to fill in some of those gaps Uh, uh I wanted to really flesh out Level in character that I think would actually work with Solus and the Solus Mance. I wanted to investigate Solus as a character a little bit more. Um, I actually I got really deep into the relationship between Solus and Vivian um, because I feel like they would be fighting political battles behind the scenes since she's so important to Orle. Um, so yeah. That's that's what I've been working on. Um, some inspiration I got just listening to everyone um, was like an unauthorized biography of, of Bianca. You know, Varric's Bianca. <laughs> Bianca's unauthorized biography. I would love to see. Obviously, Varric can't tell that story, but maybe somebody else could. So that would be great. Um, and I did also see a fanfic online where someone did uh, solavellan text messages, and I thought that was absolutely brilliant. So if i can find it again i will definitely post it to the discord but yeah, yeah. i'm going to stop talking now <laughs> no
1: you're you're all good yeah those are really great ideas i uh very much loved all of it especially the unauthorized biography sounds amazing but um, whenever you're done with your fanfic also post it in the discord we would love to love to read it and share it for sure
0: yeah thank you i also um well, never mind. I think I'll, I'll save that for the discord. But I, I uh, had some I did some comparisons between the Solas and Lavellon relationship to like classical romances of the past, like Tristan and Isolde and uh, Dido and Aeneas. So if there's interest, I can post my notes on that, too.
1: Bye. I can pretty much guarantee that there will be interest. <laughs> um, so yeah, that sounds fascinating. All right. Cool. Well, does anybody else have any last final thoughts before we kind of wrap it up for the evening?
3: Uh, just that <laughs> since we brought up fanfic in two responses, I did end up writing like two chapters of uh, fake exploring my Inquisitor before the Conclave explosion because I wanted to kind of give him more backstory so, I don't know. I just, it'd be really interesting, maybe to have a whole separate episode on people's favorite fan fiction or fan fiction that they've written or something.
1: Yeah, I'll add that to my short list as well.
4: I love that idea of like fleshing out our Inquisitor's backstory too. That would be a fun patron chat too. Like, what's your headcanon for your
1: Inquisitor? Yeah, awesome. All right. Well, I'm going to turn it over to Austin to do the wrap ups and let y'all plug all your things, et cetera.
2: Yeah. So uh, thank you all for being here. I'm just going to go around and let you uh, just share anything you have going on or where people can get in uh, contact with you. And so I'm just going to start the same order that I started. So we have Capricorn Tower. Uh,
3: Yeah. Capricorn Tower. um, I'm pretty active on the Discord uh, I don't have anything else to plug,
2: though. <laughs> All right. Uh, LVCC13.
4: I am LVCC13, and I was on Twitch. I'm kind of mad at them right now, and I'm busy, so I haven't really been streaming. But I've also have been doing a little bit of voice acting, so keep an eye out for a certain Avengers fan podcast episode coming out hopefully soon.
0: then and Andy? Hi, yes, I'm I'm Andy on Discord. I'm uh, Gandalfs underscore alt on Discord as well. That is my username. That is also my name on um, Archive of Our Own, if people want to look up any of my random fanfics.
2: Thank you. Uh, the Crimson Knight. Uh, Crimson Knight on Discord. Uh, nothing else to plug. Thank you. And then Ambrosian.
5: Son, Ambrosian, or... Ambro, whatever works. Um, I don't have anything to plug yet. Um, I do have an AO three, but I'm debating making a new one just because of what's currently. I only write what people ask me to write. So, but I am on the Discord.
2: Well, thank you all for being here. Thank you for your support. A special thank you again to our special Nug King, to your patron Lewis H. Greatly appreciate his support and everything going on there. And then. Yeah, thank you all for listening to the Dragon Age Lorecast. We will see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Dragon Age Lorecast. You can find us on Twitter at DALorecast.
1: If you have any lore questions, topics to unpack, or side character suggestions, join our CUPS podcasting and more Discord server. It's easily the best place on the internet. You can also support us financially through our Patreon. You can find us there on patreon.com slash Lorecast.
2: The Dragon Age Lorecast is part of the Robots Radio Network. For more information about the Robots Radio Network, join the Discord server via the link in our episode description.
1: If you enjoyed the show or learned something new today, please subscribe, leave us a review, and join the Patreon. And if you enjoyed our intro and outro music, give a big thank you to Pipe Man Studios. Thank you, Pipe Man. Thanks again for listening to the Dragon Age Lorecast. We'll see you next time.
3: Hi, I'm Aaron. And I'm Ariel. And we're the hosts of the Legend of Zelda Lorecast, a podcast about all things Legend of Zelda, from Errol to Zora.
5: And all the fun things in between.
3: If you're ready to dive deep and learn more about the Legend of Zelda lore and everything surrounding it, come join us on the Legend of Zelda Lorecast. You can find us on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google, or wherever else you get your podcasts.
5: We hope to see you soon.